Hey neighbors, we've got interesting things to talk about this week, such as corporate values in the tech industry. With John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, we'll hear from Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider about the AT&T and T-Mobile merger and lots more. We'll also cover that issue with Sasha Segan from PC Mag. All this coming up this week on The Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> We're joined by John Martellaro from the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. And one of the subjects we never or seldom ever discuss on the Tech Night Out Live, because we're so much in technology and all these great gadgets and what they do and all these cool, wonderful apps for the iPhone, iPad, we don't talk as much about corporate values. And the reason I'm mentioning this is that you have a blog up this week called Apple, the Reluctant Arbiter, Exodus, and the National Story. And I'm fascinated by where you're going with this. And I said, let's bring John on to explain his reasoning behind the story, discuss some of the details, and let's see where it takes us. So tell us, what's this all about? Well, about a month ago, uh, an organization, a religious organization called Exodus International, had approved by Apple an app that I've looked at and examined that assists a person who has uncertain feelings about their sexuality in understanding the biblical viewpoint, at least in their perspective, and assists uh, the customer of the app to explore their feelings, understand how uh, the Bible talks about it, um, even though Jesus never says anything explicitly in the New Testament about homosexuality. There's lots of stuff in the Old Testament. And people take that Old Testament discussion, some people do, very firmly, very extremely, make it part of their religion, their strong feelings. Um, and, and they become interested in having people perhaps move away from their, their homosexual tendencies. On the other hand, and this is what got me started thinking about this, there's a wonderful article by an attorney Victoria Pinchon, who points out that, you know, that's a particular religious view. It's based on emotion. It's not based on science. And that we have an emerging national story, a national view uh, that appears to be that our DNA is what we are. And we should accept who we are based on our DNA and respect each other for the way we're built, the way we're wired, and uh, to not use... Uh, religious uh, uh, demagoguery to to hurt other people about how they about how they love and, and on how they live. So this 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 app, which is not a hateful app and it's not offensive, uh, came out, which helps people explore those issues in in a religious context. Apple approved it because it wasn't harmful um, and it was generally trying to help people explore their feelings. Then people started becoming part of this national story where, you know, we don't 
we don't stone our women if they commit adultery and and we don't uh, murder people who are homosexuals and in fact we don't try to manipulate them and force them to believe the way we believe and in fact it's becoming perhaps clear that the way we're wired through our DNA is who we are and we should respect that those forces uh, rose up and created a petition and said you know this app doesn't really have a sound basis behind it and it shouldn't be trying to influence people unduly with with emotional and religious feelings because that's not how we accept each other in America so those petition that petition took some force and some steam and Apple has been considering that for the last week or so I, I take it so the other day there was some news about this and I started looking into it and I downloaded the app and I started thinking about it and uh, then I ran across Miss uh, Pinchon's article, which was really, really great, and which I quote extensively in the article. And she says that, you know, the, fur- the, the fewer over the Exodus, Exodus app suggests that the iPad, by virtue of its shape and function, is assumed to be carrying our national, quote, super story. And it's a tale that the community tells about itself to establish its shared identity. And because the iPad has that popularity there are people who are clamoring to have their voice heard on that popular platform. So I started exploring that article by Ms. Pinchon and started thinking about the issues. And that was, uh, and that ended up in, in, in my article. So that's, that's the background. Okay, so there's a petition here, but isn't there something called freedom of speech which says that as long as you don't scream fire in a crowded room, you're able to say whatever you want within, you know, there are a few guidelines there, of course, defamation, stuff like that. But, you know, opinions, religious opinions, you're allowed to state, you're allowed to believe what you believe as long as you're not practicing hate. And even then, there is a fine line that you have sure. to proceed. I point that out on the article. I don't take sides in this essay. I point out um, that some of the stronger religious beliefs that try to demonize people for who they are are offensive to people. And even when an organization like the the Exodus group is trying to be calm and loving and trying to help people understand themselves. There has been so much abuse of this subject that people fly off the handle and say, no, no look, we're going to separate church and state here. We're, we're not going to let people bash each other with religion. And, and we don't think that even though we have freedom of discussion, that this needs to be one of the strongest uh, voices that's part of our national story, as Ms. Pinchon explained it. But in, later on in the article, I point out that um, there are those people who believe that, that self-realization and salvation can come from personal pain, struggling to become something that you're not, that you're not yet. And that, that pain could even include, as I said, falling on the sword of your own DNA, which means idealizing something you might want to be that you aren't. And if that's painful, that's, that's okay in some people's views. But whether that gets to be the national story or not, um, in, in the best of our community's uh, you know, group belief, is open to question. And if it offends a lot of people, um, maybe it doesn't get to be uh, in the app store. Maybe it has to find another location. It's all about values. Yeah, Apple has to have some sort of decision point for for the value for the values that it invokes to decide whether these apps stay on or not. It can't just be demagoguery and petitions. And then later in the article, I point out what some of those values might be. 
Mm-hmm. At this point, it's still at the App Store. Apple has made no, no effort pulled. to change it. It's no, been it's pulled. been pulled. Yeah. Okay. Why did Apple pull it? Did they give a reason? Um, I believe the the reason ostensibly was the same reason for the Manhattan Project app, that it was offensive to a wide range of people. Now, I, I wish that... Is there a litmus test here? Well, if it's 75% are against it. Yeah, it's like the Gallup poll. You know, the Gallup well, poll says the president has a 45% approval rating, but 46% of the people don't like him, so therefore you pull the president. Very, it's a very sticky issue. I talk about, in the article, I talk about newspaper editors and walking a fine line between uh, group uh, lynch mob mentality or the, the, the best sensibilities of the community. And that's always a really hard thing to judge. Um, later in the article, I talk about how uh, one metric for evaluating this app could be um, whether uh, the app exhibits the softest and most reasoned voice of religious love and, or uh, whether uh, Apple's value should be intolerance for strident voices of anti-science. I don't think the Exodus app was a strident voice of anti-science, but I think a lot of people took it that way, and it raised their hackles. I have a uh, fast question here, which is, if the app isn't what you like, and if the viewpoints presented in the app are those with which you do not agree, why do you have to download it? Why do you exactly. even care? Hey, we've got exactly. John Martellero from the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237.
Dr. David Berry has provided excellent advice for all those interested in practical economics and sound money. It's certainly worth reading. That's what Congressman Ron Paul said about Cha-Ching Wisdom, 123 Practical Universal Truths About Money, the new book by Dr. David Berry. The cool part of this book, certainly it'll speak to you personally, your life, your lifestyle, your, your money, your investments, but it also can be generalized into the nation, what's going on as a nation. We do these same things personally that we do as a nation. Dr. Berry's book, Cha-Ching Wisdom, presents many facets of your relationship with the once almighty dollar and how current national and international politics affect your daily life. Some of the other things are are about that. They're not just uh, economic, they're philosophical. There's psychology involved in this book. There's philosophy involved in this book. Read Cha-Ching Wisdom by Dr. David Barry, only $9.95, available at cha-chingwisdom.com. That's C-H-A-C-H-I-N-G wisdom.com. Cha-chingwisdom.com. Most of us eat a blend of processed, man-made, and all-natural food. But the food you eat may not provide all the nutrition your body needs. We now know that liquid vitamin supplements are absorbed faster than pills. That's why you need C-Energy. From AffinityCEnergy.com, sea vegetation is known to be the richest source of organic minerals. And that's what you'll find in all-natural, great-tasting C-Energy. Sea Energy contains aloe vera, black cherry, cranberry, and pomegranate juices, plus ginseng, cat's claw, ginger, ginkgo biloba, and over 50 trace minerals needed for healthy metabolism, all from natural organic sea plant sources. Get a 10% discount by using promo code GCN at checkout when you order Sea Energy from AffinitySeaEnergy.com. Call 855-732-3637. That's 855-732-3637. Or go to AffinitySeaEnergy.com today. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to... News at TechNightOwl.com. That's news at TechNightOwl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com. We're having kind of a unique discussion on the Tech Night Owl Live with John Martellaro from the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. I'm Gene Steinberg, and we're exploring values and how corporations might treat products or ideas that are expressed within, well, if you're making software available, ideas expressed in that software or in the products that you offer that are offensive to some. And I'll give you another example of this, which I mentioned to you before we started this interview. We used to have our website on a particular company, which I won't mention because actually are good people. I even interviewed the CEO of that company. And then I found one day that they were hosting one or more sites representing Nazis in America, presenting what I regarded as hate speech. So I wrote to the CEO and said, you know, freedom of speech is one thing, but these people preach hate. Do you allow that? And the CEO writes back and says, well, you know, here's the deal. We can't find a logical or legitimate reason to tell these people that we can take them off. We have no legal basis on which to reject them, so we're not going to do it. So I said, fine, I'll take my business elsewhere, which I did, of course. 
And as I said, they're decent people. They're good people. Mm-hmm. Except that they have this expansive view of freedom that maybe I didn't agree with. But the point being here is, can a corporation that sells a variety of products to its customers, why should they allow their value systems to influence those products as long as they fall within the normal guidelines of common sense? And this is where it seems to me that maybe Apple's being a little too extreme. There's there's two points here. First of all, I want to follow up. You made a very good point at the end of the last segment about how reaching out and objecting to this app at Apple is essentially trying to tell the people what to believe. And that's just as bad as overly aggressive apps that try to tell, tell people what to believe. So it's really, you know, the pot calling the kettle black. In terms of corporate values, corporations, because of their immersion in our technical lives, have, have assumed that role, whether we like it or not. I, I give the example of uh, companies building robots. Companies uh, eventually are going to be building robots for sale, Along the lines of the movie uh, iRobot by Isaac Asimov, or the, or the novel by Isaac Asimov on which the movie was based. When they start doing this, it, we hope and we pray that these robots will obey Asimov's three laws of robotics. Otherwise, our existence as a species is at risk. The problem here, of come, course, is come. will the people who design robots in our society ever listen to Asimov's three laws of robotics. Well, we hope that they do, yeah, and we hope that Facebook doesn't spill the beans on our privacy, and we hope that the banks don't steal our money and, and give us falsified accounts, and, and we hope that uh, companies build products that are safe. We, we hope that that our children's toys don't have lead in the paint. Well, we hope that our cars are, are safe to drive. We hope that genetic engineering of food for expediency and for profits uh, doesn't uh, harm us in the long run. Everywhere we turn, we are faced with corporations every day because of our technology. Everywhere we turn, every day, we're faced with companies that are making moral and value decisions that affects their lives. And Apple's being dragged into it, whether they like it or not. And they've stepped up to it because they recognize the dangers of being rudderless and not doing anything at all. The question is, of course, any decision like this, they're entitled to make. It's their store. Just the same way that any store that sells merchandise can say, for whatever reason, I don't want to carry it. I'm not going to carry that product for whatever reason. But as a practical matter, Apple has set themselves up as curator of the App Store. And sometimes a lot of people feel they go too far. Your local newspaper editor is the curator of what the community is allowed to read. You know, I gave an example in the uh, essay uh, about how I might submit an article to the Denver Post purporting to prove that uh, President Obama's grandfather was a Nazi and a murderer. No matter what essay I submit, the editors are going to size me up. They're going to use their experience and their judgment. They're going to decide whether or not I'm a credible person, my credentials, my background, my publishing experience, who I am, and so on to decide whether this gets a voice in their newspaper. Most of the time, crackpots who submit these articles and sometimes even the more vicious letters to the editor are simply dismissed as wackos coming out of the woodwork and don't deserve a voice in the newspaper. We give newspaper editors that uh, privilege and we've given it to them for a long time and they've stepped up to it. What I'm saying is that as technology changes and as the iPad becomes the iconic platform 
of our voice and our national story, it's beginning to take over some of that responsibility from in the past, things like, you know, Miss America and newspaper editors. And so now Apple has a corresponding responsibility to also step up and be that curator, just as Perry White used to. Well, there's an interesting point here with, in contrast, the Android operating system from Google. They do very little editing. They just sort of let things get on there no matter what. And if, for example, there was a report just a few weeks back that one or more of their apps had malware. Well, they pulled the apps down, but of course the criticism is, why did you allow them to go up there in the first place? And the answer is that that's their way. They're not going to curate those apps. They're going to let you put them on there, and if it happens to blow up your droid, forget it. Yeah, like your webmaster. He felt like he had no responsibility um, and no legal basis to to act in in an honorable way, so... He didn't do anything, and Android is backing off because they don't want to have anything to do with taking a stand. What I'm saying is is that our, our companies everywhere in our technical life, no matter how we deal with them, we expect them to take a stand. We, you know, we whine when every little thing goes wrong in the NFL. If, if, if a team gets a, a tiny, tiny little advantage uh, because the instant replay didn't turn out right, we, we people tweet about it all Monday morning about how the game was we're very picky. We're very picky about honor and fairness in our society, and it percolates all throughout our system. So uh, one of the readers pointed out what's going to happen in these Android apps where people build apps that are, that, uh, are hateful, that don't carry the national voice, that describe how to commit murder or build IEDs or to do offensive things. Um, and Amazon just simply sits back and collects the money. You mean Google or Google. Amazon? Well, um, Let's see. Um, Google. Great. Yeah, so Google sits back and takes the money. Well, and, actually, and Google example, doesn't get money from the apps. They get money. I guess they get right, a percentage of the app is for sale. That's the only money they can get. Otherwise, they just get the targeted ads on your phone. I, I, was, I was reminded of a, of a movie that's part of our national story. It's part of our national culture. It's A Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. And, and the angel shows him a glimpse of what life had been if he'd committed suicide takes him down a road and shows him Bedford Falls uh, in another timeline without him. Uh, and as a literary uh, technique, I made reference to, uh, on purpose, it being you know, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. So he got to see what life would be like in Bedford Falls without him. I'll tell you what, we'll get into more of this All in a moment. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Ever been to a concert and wish your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wish you could share the beautiful view with your family? Ever thought, they've got to see this? Share those amazing experiences with the unique photo collages of the iPhone app You Gotta See This by Boing Software. Now available for the iPhone 4, iPod Touch, and the brand new iPad 2 for just $1.99. See great examples at boinks.com slash see this. 
In this connected world, your Mac needs to be protected from the many threats that come over the Internet. But how can you stay up to date with the security issues that now affect Macs? The Mac Security Blog covers all the security threats to Macs, keeps you informed about essential updates to your software, and alerts you when new threats or malware are discovered. Keep your Mac safe. Visit the Mac Security Blog at blog.intego.com. That's blog.intego.com, blog.intego.com. If you own a septic system or if you're facing costly septic system replacement, this message is for you. When you want to stop paying for pump outs and avoid backups, when you've had enough of the foul odors and costly repairs, use BioSafe One Septic Solution. Now there's an easy-to-use, 100% guaranteed answer to all your septic system problems. BioSafe One Septic Solution. BioSafe One is patented and made specifically for all septic systems and made by the same team of scientists who help clean up the Exxon Valdez oil spill. BioSafe One decontaminates and removes sludge, stops costly pump-outs and repairs, and removes septic system stench, all with a 100% success rate. See what gives BioSafe One Septic Solution the advantage over any other septic product at BioSafeOne.com. That's B-I-O-S-A-F-E-O-N-E.com. BioSafeOne.com. Or call toll-free 1-866-424-6663. That's 1-866-424-6663. BioSafe One, the guaranteed, bio-friendly, money-saving way to clean your septic system. The collapse of the dollar is imminent. You can protect your wealth by buying gold, silver, and strong foreign currencies. But what if the government confiscates your precious metals, implements exchange controls, or nationalizes your retirement? You need a backup plan. That's why you must move your wealth into an offshore asset protection structure. Go to CollapseProof.com to get your free special report and discover how to store your gold and silver in the world's safest vaults or how to hold foreign currencies in a way that's safe from bank failures, bank runs, or exchange controls. Learn how the U.S. government failed to collect a $36 million claim because the defendant legally used an offshore asset protection program. This is what you need to keep your wealth safe when the dollar collapses and CollapseProof.com can help. Our programs are 100% compliant with U.S. law, but you must act now before it's too late. Call 800-798-2008. That's 800-798-2008. CollapseProof.com. Asset protection in financially unsafe times. <clears throat> Sore throat? Spray that with Dermatol. <laughs> Diaper rash? Spray that with Dermatol. Ouch! Burn or cut? Spray that with Dermatol for shockingly fast relief. If you had room for only one first aid product in your preparedness kit, you need Dermatol because it works on almost every skin irritation or injury. All natural Dermatol brings amazing relief to burns, cuts, scrapes, bites, boils, shingles, rashes, elderly skin tears, even chronic diabetic ulcers and bed sores. Dermatol is an all natural antimicrobial, antiviral, and antifungal wound cleanser that speeds healing with no side effects, is safe for all ages and skin types, and is even safe enough to spray on sore throats or onto sore eyes. Read our many testimonials at Dermatol.com, spelled D-E-R-M-A-T-O-L.com. Order online at Dermatol.com or call 800-217-6677. That's 800-217-6677. Effective, efficient, economical. Spray it all with Dermatol. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night All Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. 
We continue with John Martellaro from the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. We've had a discussion about corporate values, and we kind of concluded the last segment with the movie It's a Wonderful Life, where someone gets to see the alternate timeline. If he commits suicide, he ends it all. The alternate timeline shows certain consequences of that. Of course, we don't all have that benefit. And the consequences appear to be uh, worship of only money. And so you see these gambling parlors and other places where the, the value, small town values have disappeared. And I think that companies that don't take a stand in modern technical life are just inviting that kind of timeline. Apple did take a stand because they pulled the app. They said this is not equivalent or does not meet up with our values. Well, you know, if Apple had not pulled the app, I would have been fine with that because the the, the people who want to download the app and the, and, the, and the app, the people who are interested in hearing it, should be able to do that. Now, I think uh, Apple came down on the side of the fact that, that even though this app was handled with grace and tolerance, uh, that it does not re- reflect the best of the American national story at this time. And the number of uh, petitioners reflected that. And so Apple drew the conclusion that this is not how we want to represent ourselves as a nation and how our culture and our village wants to to think. John, the petition, therefore, was the vote from the public saying, we don't want this, we're offended, and they didn't get enough people saying... I, I know I think we want it left there. That's one way to draw uh, the, the conclusion, but I'm, I'm also equally worried uh, that when difficult ideas uh, that don't sit well with a lot of people or that are potentially uh, alarming or maverick or off the beaten path uh, can be drummed out of existence by people who raise their voices sufficiently. And as you so well pointed out, a little while ago, if you don't want to engage in the app, don't download it. Or if you do check it out, delete it. You're not bound by it. You should respect other people's rights to think in their own way. You think here that Apple is trying to be too family-friendly in some ways, although, let's face it, that app no. reflected family values for a lot of people, even if it's something that I wouldn't agree with or you wouldn't agree with. Well, here's, here's the problem is, is that religion can be a very subjective very emotional thing and there's a wide range of interpretations in religion many different ways to interpret the bible different religions on this planet not everyone uh, believes in the bible uh people who are christians and, and jewish people who uh take the bible seriously interpret it differently and so you have uh room for interpretation when you try to cast that interpretation with down people's throats they get annoyed and so sometimes the, the best and most reasoned path is to, you know, listen to the voices of the most enlightened, the most educated, most reasonable and loving people in the community. And if you consult with Lutheran ministers, for example, um, or other uh, Christian religions, they'll tell you that this is uh, intolerance for, for anti-gay is uh, out of place and doesn't reflect our best Um, practices of of love and accepting people for who they are. You know, one thing Apple might want to do here, which might be a suggestion, of course, they'll never listen to me, they won't listen to you. When you get to a situation where you have something that basically addresses religion or moral standards, they have a committee of 
clergymen and women to look this over and make a determination because we don't expect the people sitting there in the offices reviewing apps are necessarily versed in that. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. When I was writing the editorial, I was saying, you know, if Apple executives had picked up the phone and, and called, you know, my Lutheran bishop or had talked to the best thinkers in universities and, and religious circles and said, what's the community um, basis here and feeling? Uh, they might have had some basis. Uh, I hate to think that it was just simply responding to the size of the vote and outcry of people were offended that somebody might have a different viewpoint than them. Uh, that would be sad. And, and so my article really calls for Apple to, to step up. If they're dragged into this because of the technology, then they better develop some really good values, uh, like the newspaper men of the past. So maybe they should actually just appoint, you know, an editor for stuff that reflects an opinion as opposed to just a game or a normal app, a productivity app or something like that. Have an editorial staff of editors, real editors, clergymen, etc. Yeah, that would be giving this up control. Stuff. Yeah, but, you know, that's not Apple's way. They don't it's like not. to give up control. They don't like to be... Never, Apple never likes to be told by outsiders how to think and do things. It's an advisory panel. It I had an advisory panel of scientists when I was at Apple. Okay, so yeah. it's the same tradition here. You have an advisory panel. You're not beholden to their point of view. You can say, despite what they say, we're going to do this anyway. But at least you consult them. So, you know, the Catholic Church does something very similar. The Catholic Church got into big trouble with Galileo four or five hundred years ago. And modern Catholic Church recognizes how important it is to have modern, good perspectives on science and religion. The Roman Catholic Church in Rome has an advisory council of Ph.D. scientists, astronomers, physicists, biologists, who advise them on matters of religion and science so that they don't make the kind of mistake that they made with Galileo. I think that's a very good idea, and I think if the Catholic Roman Catholic Church can do it, Apple can do it. That's a very good, that's a good suggestion. So the long and short of it is, I guess it's okay, at least from our standpoint, John, that Apple ought to consider some way to provide a better review pattern or campaign or methodology here to deal with stuff that might be somewhat controversial to allow for situations like this not to happen or to happen less often. Have there been other situations you know about where apps that present viewpoints some people might regard as controversial were rejected? You know, I'm hard-pressed right now to uh, think of them. I don't have any at my mental fingertips, Gene. Uh, the issue's going to come up over and over, though. It's not going to go away. It's not going to get any easier. And we don't have much visibility into the, into the character of Apple's decisions on this. Given that they've assumed the responsibility, given that technology has forced them into this situation... Uh, it would be great um, if, if Apple somehow could convey to us the sense of the values that they're using. Maybe that would have avoided having this app approved in the first place and then pulled a month later the Exodus app. That's been the problem all along with the App Store, though. The And I don't know whether the Mac App Store has a different situation, but the problem has traditionally been where the guidelines were very, very rough, almost non-existent. Then they published a set of guidelines, but... Those don't really account for situations like this because we're not dealing with hate and defamation or anything else. We're just dealing with 
people expressing their values that apply best to them. <laughs> well, you know, philosophers have been struggling with this issue for uh, hundreds of years. We've got the you know, U.S. Constitution and separation of church and state. We've got the idea in the American national story that the government shouldn't be in a position of telling us what's sinful and what isn't. Uh, we have the nuances of American life where the best of our religion is honored in America, and we, we make reference to the will of God and, and our money and being a Christian society, and, and yet we have all sorts of squabbles about how far that's going to have force in American society that tries to be guided by secular law and science. So, you know, Apple's really bitten off a lot here. It's it's nothing new. <laughs> and I dare say that's probably going to require more episodes of this nature before they feel strong enough, a strong enough incentive to make a difference and come up with yeah. a policy or do that's something, right. a review panel, whatever. Right now, it's still just one app. And unless they're inundated with complaints about this one app, I don't see it changing at all. Yeah, the question is how much longer can Apple endure this kind of situation where they've been forced to assume the responsibility. They want to create a benign environment. They want to protect children. They want to protect customers. They want to be a company of family values and, and to be a company that can be trusted. How much longer can they let the status quo stay the same without adding something to the equation that improves the situation? And of so course, don't forget, worries. of course, that... Steve Jobs sits on the board, and he was reelected this week to the board of Disney, where he's the largest stockholder of that company. It's Disney Values. we got more coming. We're talking to John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, MacObserver.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. 
This special announcement is brought to you by Renaissance Charge. Have you ever wondered if you could make your car run on 100% electric power for free? It is now possible. How about a simple device that is both a super efficient motor and a free energy generator at the same time? What if this could also be used to restore useless batteries and save you lots of money? Because our customers asked for it, we have organized a Renaissance Charge Conference Workshop on July 29th to July 31st at the beautiful Coeur d'Alene Resort in Idaho. Not only will you see these fascinating energizers, but you will be able to build some alongside genius inventor John Bedini. Participate in this truly historic event featuring our cutting-edge alternative energy Tesla technology. Register early for the best seats and advanced workshop by visiting rcharge.com. That's r-charge.com for details. Or call 208-772-4514. That's 208-772-4514. The largest part of gaining radiant health is detoxification. You can drink ionized water, cleanse your intestines, eat a perfect diet, and even take lots of quality supplements and in many instances only make minimal progress. What is the key to detoxifying your body of mercury, heavy metals, chemicals, and drugs? It is glutathione. Glutathione is the master antioxidant used to detoxify your entire body. It stops free radicals, keeps cells young, and reduces inflammation. One World Way protein powder may be able to raise your glutathione production by 64% or more. One World Whey is more effective than any other whey protein powder on the market because it is unheated and from grass-fed cows. All other, quote, cold-processed whey protein powders have been heated and damaged by 15% or more. One World Whey comes in three delicious flavors. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We return with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. And we were discussing, at least for the past three segments, about Apple's family values. How far can they go to curate or decide what you and I can see before maybe they're going a little bit too far? And that's a big question, I guess, that we won't resolve. Apple has to resolve that, but then the customer can resolve it too. If you don't like Apple's values, if you don't like the way they curate the stuff at the App Store, don't buy it. Don't buy their product. Go buy somebody else's because that will convince Apple. If nothing else does, because remember, they're in there to make money. And if they see their customers are going elsewhere because their values are not what other people want or they're too extreme, other people will simply come to the conclusion, but you know what, we'll buy someone else's product to heck with that. If you look at Apple's revenues, Gene, in the crowded stores, I think you find people are voting with their pocketbook. They like what Apple's doing. And possibly the majority of Apple's customers will look at this particular situation, this decision with regard to this product, and they'll say, you know what? Apple did the right thing, at least as far as we're concerned. What can I say about it? Before we got started, we were talking, John and I, about what topics we should cover. And I want to get to this briefly, because he said something that maybe a lot of people hear. You know, we all talk about certain things that the news media decides this is important. So, for example, coming from this mobile phone carrier event in Florida. The same week of that, 
we get the news that AT&T is going to buy T-Mobile. And I gather, John, you don't care. <laughs> it, it didn't strike me as something that uh, Apple customers needed to be worried about. Our TMO team has a, a conference call periodically to discuss our editorial calendar and, and what we're going to do and cover and things we're going to cover. We chatted about it a little bit and decided that you know, there are some, some minor forces at work here. It, it could be that with Verizon snapping up every available um, iPhone that Apple can manufacture and AT&T, that T-Mobile just couldn't get the quantities that they would have wanted. And, and so there was no future for the iPhone at T-Mobile, even though they may have wanted it. And the picture you're painting here is that almost in a sense, this decision was forced upon T-Mobile because of what Apple yeah. does. Yeah, I think so. I think the iPhone, uh, I think it, one way to phrase it, I haven't seen this in print, but I mean, you, you could argue in an editorial the following, uh, that the iPhone was responsible for the demise of T-Mobile. Okay. No, that sounds sensible because T-Mobile has had problems. T-Mobile obviously doesn't have the network structure as large as AT&T, and AT&T has problems. And you look at the other half of this, which is AT&T sees that it's going to take a long while to build out their network to overcome problems. Because, you know, if you still live in San Francisco, you live in New York, a lot of other places, AT&T does not have the network capacity to give you decent service. They're rated dead last amongst the top four carriers. But now they look at T-Mobile. T-Mobile has all these cell towers already built. The system is compatible. I think some of the operating frequencies are different. It doesn't matter. Some of the operating frequencies are different. I assume the radios can be tuned. It's a two-way radio cell phone technology. They could tune those towers to support different frequencies for AT&T sure. network. So AT&T is talking about, what, 30% better coverage in a lot of cities? Mm-hmm. So suddenly the problems in San Francisco and New York will be gone. And now AT&T is really under the gun because the iPhone's now available from Verizon. So what do you do? Well, if you're on Verizon and, you know, you want an iPhone, now you can get one. If you're on AT&T and your contract's coming up and you have to say, I'm getting lousy service, I'll go to Verizon. Sure. It's a decision. It's a convenient technical decision, a good political decision. It's just one of those things that happens in American business. And I don't have much sympathy for those people who are whining that, you know, we have to preserve... T-Mobile somehow as competition without the iPhone and without the opportunities for the spectrum that they need, there's not much hope uh, for T-Mobile in the United States at least. And I think it was smart of T-Mobile to say, we're going to take what we've got that's valuable and sell it for some good money to AT&T. AT&T is saying, we're just going to be practical about this and we're going to take the subscribers and we're going to take... Um, the, the coverage and we're going to work through this system and it's going to help us compete against Verizon and you know, unlike a lot of these cases where you really hope that the Department of Justice blocks the merger, I, I, I'm not uh, in that boat and I think I, if AT&T wants to go ahead with that, it's fine with me, it doesn't bother me I don't, I don't think it's a big deal but um, I do kind of think that, that maybe um, Life might have gone different if T-Mobile had been the one that got the the iPhone in the first place. What a timeline that would have been. Yeah, but then you have to look at T-Mobile. They didn't have the network structure even as good as AT&T. Maybe. Maybe with the revenues or the popularity of the iPhone, they could have been inspired to invest and compete more heavily. You never know. 
It takes a few years, though. It's not like you do this overnight. Look what AT&T is trying to do. I believe, in large part, AT&T wants to improve their network because they lose customers. It's all about dollars and cents. If customers don't sign up with AT&T yeah. or leave because of a bad network, AT&T's got to do something about it. That does remind me of something I did want to comment on, and sure. that is, remember when we heard that the iPhone was going to go to Verizon, that there were these surveys that said that a quarter of all AT&T's iPhone customers were going to jump ship, and AT&T was going to lose tens of millions of customers? Didn't happen. I told you it wasn't going to happen. I hate to say I told you so, but... It's statistically, it's really hard to influence those large numbers. Okay, You have to look at this. The fact is that just jumping ship isn't easy. A lot of people are tied into contracts. That's they right. don't want to pay the early termination fees. Or if they bought an iPhone 4 last summer or last fall, you want to suddenly pay an early termination fee and then buy an all-new phone again? And a lot of people are happy with their AT&T coverage. Sure. I am one of them. All right, And I know other people who are, too. Um, and, and we like AT&T and we like the ability to do voice and data at the same time. AT&T customer support has been great to me. They gave me a 3G Microsoft for nothing. Um, I have nothing bad to say about AT&T. And so, again, uh, I, I was skeptical that AT&T would lose a lot of customers to Verizon. These things kind of even themselves out. And uh, my condolences to T-Mobile. And uh, maybe if... Uh, if Fate gets this way. We'll, we'll see Carly Fakora doing iPhone commercials in her pink dress. <laughs> Catherine Zeta Jones is my favorite. That her tissue. That would be fine with me too. <laughs> I'll go for that. I'll go for that. Now the other question, of course, what's left? Of course, is Sprint, and Sprint is in bad shape now because they've had trouble building out the network when they merged with Nextel, which had an incompatible network system. They're not doing well, and now they're going to do worse. And we know the CEO from Sprint is complaining, as he should be. But I agree with what you said earlier. I think with minor concessions from AT&T, tokens concessions that they were already prepared for, they knew about this in advance, within a year or so, it will pass muster, it will be approved, and by the time we have the iPhone 6 or shortly before that, T-Mobile customers will, as AT&T customers, be able to buy the iPhone 6. Sure, sure. And that's probably all I really want to say about it because, uh, you know, it's not one of those things that gets me wound up. Lots of things do, but this wasn't one of them. Well, I think you covered a lot of it right there. Let me ask you a question here, though. What topics do cause you to be interested? Of course, the one that we discussed about Apple's family values or core values. What other topics are you covering in the next few weeks that we want to go into? Um, well, one of the things I'm toying with is uh, the kinds of technology that we have in our hands, like the iPhone uh, and communications and, and optics uh, and other technical items that we are really ignoring uh, for productive use. There are things we can do uh, with the technology we have, that, that backyard science, so to speak. Uh, I have a friend who takes fabulous astronomical photos with a telescope and his iPhone um, just because he can and because he's working on developing the technology. There are things people can do, wonderful things that people can do, like search for asteroids that might strike the Earth uh, or to do research with the fabulous computer equipment that they have or help with SETI at home or other research projects with their computers that they're not doing because they're so tied up in commerce and glitz and money and advertising 
So I, I kind of like the that. idea, though, of looking for E.T. on your computer. And maybe we can have your more powerful iPad share in that. So where do we <laughs> okay. find more of the stuff you write about? Well, I'm John Marcellaro, Senior Editor for Analysis and Reviews at the Mac Observer, which is www.macobserver.com. And uh, we cover everything Apple and uh, with editorials, reviews, how-tos, and the latest news. And you can reach us, news at technighthowl.com. That's news at technighthowl.com. Sounds great. John Martellaro, thank you for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. Always a pleasure, Gene. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger from Roughly Drafted Magazine joining us. In the wake of this, I don't know if it's a surprise or not, I guess it is to some, the announcement that AT&T is going to acquire T-Mobile, or try, for the tune of $39 billion dollars. And that's going to be part of another great consolidation in the cell phone industry. I mean, right now, as you know, AT&T is made up of several mergers. Verizon Wireless is as well, including more recently, several years ago, Altel, which was the number five carrier in the U.S. So, Daniel, what's your observation about all this? Well, it was somewhat unexpected. Um, there was a rumor before that we'd heard that uh, T-Mobile and Sprint were planning to team up, which doesn't seem to make very much sense on the from the technology aspect because they use totally different networks. And remember, that's what when Sprint and Nextel merged, they have totally different networks. Sprint is is um, CDMA and Nextel is IDIM, which is the push to talk network that Motorola created. And after they merged, they had to put those networks together and service two totally different networks. So for T-Mobile and Sprint to merge together didn't make much sense. But it appears that T-Mobile, the, the parent company of T-Mobile, which is run by Deutsche Telekom, they wanted to sell their American operations because they weren't making money anymore. And according to the Wall Street Journal, they were doing great until about 2008. So when the iPhone started hitting its stride, it really hurt T-Mobile. And part of the reason was because, I mean, T-Mobile, like AT&T, is a, is a GSM, UMTS provider. And T-Mobile couldn't get the iPhone because T-Mobile is, is just too small for Apple's attention. 
Yeah, it's about a third of the size of, of um, AT&T. And if you look at uh, how long it took Apple to come to Verizon, they had to create a special phone for that. So they were focused primarily on, on everyone else in the world, all these other providers. And then eventually they came out with, with, a phone, with an iPhone for Verizon that would work on their network. The, the likelihood of that ever happening for T-Mobile, because T-Mobile is, is similar but different from AT&T, and how the 3G works it's just very unlikely to happen because T-Mobile is a third the size of Verizon and the phone that Apple can sell on Verizon it can also sell in a couple other places I think in Korea and um, India and China there's other carriers that are even bigger than Verizon here so there's just no market I mean there's a huge market for a CDMA phone I mean uh, quite a large market but very little market at all for T-Mobile and that affected not only the iPhone, but other makers. So T-Mobile was getting kind of like whatever they could get in terms of phones. And they also have higher frequency uh, radio. I mean, just the spectrum that they have. So it's not only non-standard, it's also not quite as good. Because the higher frequency you have, the more it works like light instead of sound. So it doesn't go as far. It doesn't go through buildings. It doesn't penetrate. So T-Mobile has a couple different handicaps that keep it from providing, you know, ideal conditions for for being a provider. And those kind of add up to the point where the only way it can stay in business is to offer cheap plans. So it it tries to entice people with with cheaper plans. And it does some other things, too, that are kind of innovative. Like they have, they do uh, telephony over Wi-Fi and and a couple of things that are kind of interesting. But they're all kind of based on desperation because they can't just do regular mobility stuff. So that's put them in a position where they're, they're pretty much are looking to get bought out. So it's not a surprise that AT&T is saying we want to buy this because it's perfect for AT&T because it gives AT&T suddenly all, this, all these towers that are difficult to, to line up. It takes years, especially in some markets. Like in, in San Francisco, to get a tower built is just, you know, never going to happen. And this is one of the places where AT&T has the worst tower situation. So they just buy at or they could, if they can just buy T-Mobile, suddenly it just solves a lot of problems for them. And they can also turn around and not only augment their own existing network with T-Mobile stuff and their towers, but they can also get the the AWS frequencies that T-Mobile bought and is planning to use for its kind of non-standard 3G and 3G plus, and turn that into 4G. So they can have a discrete set of bands that are just ready to get built out new LTE all over the United States. So it's ideal for AT&T. And it's ideal for Apple, too, because Apple has, suddenly has this huge network that's HSPA plus right away. And in the short, much shorter term future, they can come out with an LTE phone that works on both Verizon and, and AT&T, and it works across the United States. And it, it's, it's actually ideal for everybody. But there are people that don't like it, and that's you know competitors and um, some people who think that if we have more competitors, we'll have better options. And that's partly true, and it's partly not true, because if we have a, a bunch of weak competitors, if we have AT&T that can't really provide great service because it takes so long to build towers, and we have T-Mobile that had, you know, hamstrung by this weird network frequencies, and, you know, they're, they're separately, they're good in some ways for consumers, because T-Mobile offers cheaper, worse service, and AT&T offers, you know, is not too strong, I guess. So the competitive angle is 
is kind of overplayed, I think. There's a lot of benefits, and there's not a lot of benefits in having more players that aren't as good. It's my take, anyway. Well, of course, Sprint's in a really bad position. And Dan Hesse, the CEO of Sprint, he's the guy you see in the commercials, by the way, he does these folksy spots for Sprint. He's complaining, of course, because you have to look at Sprint. They're suffering now. Okay, you know, they seem to have improved customer service, but they're not keeping customers because they have very little to offer against Verizon Wireless and AT&T. Now, there was talk at one time, of course, that they might merge with T-Mobile, but you have all the incompatibilities, and they tried that with Nextel, and that ended up being one humongous disaster. So where does that leave Sprint? Because I think if Verizon wanted to merge with Sprint, which is probably not going to happen, the antitrust regulators would freak. Well, yeah, Verizon said it wasn't interested in Sprint, which, like AT&T and T-Mobile, are at least the same technology. Um, but Verizon has a pretty complete network. They're not desperate for towers. They've been a big network for a long time, as opposed to AT&T, which is kind of just more recently. It's a, it's a couple of years newer than Verizon in terms of a nationwide network. So Verizon isn't interested. So that kind of leaves Sprint being the small carrier. Well, Sprint can, there's a number of things Sprint can do. If you look at other countries, um, there's a lot of small carriers. Uh, there are lots of carriers in the United States that are smaller than Sprint. Sprint has made some decisions that are somewhat questionable. One was merging with Nextel. I'm not sure what they were thinking there. Another was when everyone else was talking about going to LTE, they were saying, we're going to jump in this partnership with Clearwire, and we're going to beat LTE. We're going to come to market with uh, WiMAX. We're going to have it available first. And they did by some insignificant amount of time. So now you can buy a WiMAX phone before you can really buy a phone that really uses LTE on Verizon. They're, they're not quite there yet. Um, I think they're going to have phones with working data by the end of the second half of the year. And the phones that do come out are going to be sucking down power like nobody's business. But so Sprint kind of made some, some ballsy decisions that ended up being not that great because now Sprint's going to be the only one running WiMAX in the United States. And I think their, their plan now is to, they have to switch. So now they have to turn everything over to LTE. So, you know, of course Sprint or yeah, of course Sprint is going to be the, the least excited about two of its competitors merging and becoming a better company. And the card they're going to play is that this is bad for competition and bad for markets and bad for consumers. When I don't think it is. I think it's, it's good for, um, it's good for consumers. It gives you an actual choice instead of two bad choices. So now you can have a really good network. I just switched away from AT&T because it was so awful. Um, that's something we'll talk about in our next segment, Daniel, because I think it's fascinating why AT&T would be, in many respects, forced to make this decision. They were probably forced to do it because of business reasons and to be competitive in this landscape. And obviously, there will be protests, and there are already. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine at RoughlyDrafted.com. He also works for Apple Insider at AppleInsider.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You 
expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. Hey neighbors, Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac, Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows, and Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. Again, the Congressional Budget Office sounds the alarm, this time warns of Greek-style U.S. debt crises. You heard me right. The GAO is drawing a parallel between the U.S. economy, its debt, and the current Greek economic meltdown. With the debt-to-GDP chart climbing into unfamiliar territory, the growing budget deficit will rise to unsupportable levels. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. The Federal Debt and Risk of Financial Crises document the CBO has published is a must-read for every American. Covering the risk of continued deficit spending coupled with an aging population and the rising interest rates spell economic disaster. It's imperative that you get a copy of this document and study it for yourself. Call me today at 800-686-2237 and I'll send you a free copy. Again, call 800-686-2237 and ask for your copy of the CBO document. Once again, you need to read this government report. Call 800-686-2237. Freedom, the blistering anti-globalist anthem from the rock band Ravelin. Just one of 11 great songs from the album Under the Sun. Available on iTunes and at Ravelin.com. R-A-V-E-L-Y-N. Ravelin.com. Spring and a new growing season are here. Plant a healthy garden easy and fast with OrganicaSeed.com. Easy because OrganicaSeed.com offers one of the largest online selections of organic, heirloom, non-hybrid, and untreated seeds, as well as tobacco and cotton seeds at low prices. Go to OrganicaSeed.com, spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-C-A-Seed.com. OrganicaSeed.com. Remember, Organica Seed is healthy seed. sore throat spray that with dermatol diaper rash spray that with dermatol ouch burn or cut spray that with dermatol for shockingly fast relief if you had room for only one first aid product in your preparedness kit you need dermatol because it works on almost every skin irritation or injury all natural dermatol brings amazing relief to burns cuts scrapes bites boils shingles rashes elderly skin tears even chronic diabetic ulcers and bed sores dermatol is an all-natural antimicrobial antiviral and antifungal wound cleanser that speeds healing with no side effects is safe for all ages and skin types and is even safe enough to spray on sore throats or onto sore eyes. Read our many testimonials at Dermatol.com spelled D-E-R-M-A-T-O-L.com Order online at Dermatol.com or call 800-217-6677 That's 800-217-6677 Effective, efficient, economical Spray it all with Dermatol 
America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, just send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from technightall.com slash radio. That's technightall.com slash radio. Or check us out at iTunes. We return with Daniel Aaron Dilger from Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider. We're talking about, it was a surprise to some, maybe not a surprise to others, the merger between AT&T and T-Mobile. Now, one of the things I wanted to mention is that you were telling us the last time you were here that you ran into all sorts of difficulties with AT&T, where you live in San Francisco. You could seldom get a good connection, and you said at that point you were going to switch to Verizon Wireless. So before we get back to the merger and then on to other subjects, tell us about the experience after going to Verizon. Okay, so my phone now rings in my house. Um, I had a booster in my house. I didn't have a microcell for AT&T, but my phone just wouldn't work in the house very well at all. I got to the point where I can now like place texts, but only not in the center of my house. So with, with Verizon, I can now place texts pretty much anywhere. I can make actual phone calls. And when I walk down the hill, I actually have service for two blocks between me and the metro station because um, at and I didn't have any service. However, I'm realizing that Verizon's network has been oversold dramatically. <laughs> no matter where I'm at, it seems like I get really slow service. And in a lot of places, instead of saying 3G, it says O or something that's not 3G, and it's slow. And even when I have 3G, it's kind of like, it seems like it could be edge. It's just okay, so we're talking on, about not AT&T being twice as fast as Verizon when you get a decent connection. It's a lot more of a differentiation. Yeah, so it seems like I'm more likely to have service. So, example, I can be like in a subway station, and I'm still getting... I'm still getting a signal, whereas somebody next to me with an AT&T phone is like, oh, I don't have any signal at all. Um, but it isn't super functional. And I've noticed just sitting in restaurants, you know, somewhere where I'd want to use tethering or something, it isn't good enough to use my phone. I mean, it's just barely, it's just frustrating to load web pages. So, yeah, I'm not really stoked about the whole Verizon thing. There's some other things. I mean, the simultaneous voice and data uh, is, it's a good feature. And, you know, if you think about how often it, how can I have used the phone as for data while I've been on the phone? Very rare. But what I've discovered is uh, Verizon's um, text messaging is based on the voice. So if you're on data and you get a text, boom, you lose your data. And it's only momentarily, but it is kind of annoying. When you're trying to do something, you get a text and you have to deal with the text, close it, and then your connection starts again. Same thing with tethering. If you're actively tethering, get a text, boom, kills your connection for all your tethers. But as soon as you dismiss it, it you, you, know, you get it back. So, I mean, that's kind of a, that's kind of a minor annoyance. Um, another thing is it doesn't work with um, multiple party calls. And so far, if I'm on a phone call and I get a call waiting, I try to switch and I get nothing. I mean, I, I, would, I say hello into the phone and I get this kind of noise echo back. And then I go back to my other call and it works but the other calls in the background 
the whole time. So I'm getting, I, I'm assuming that I'm getting double build for minutes for a non-functional call. So they have a couple problems with their network just in terms of the technology. CDMA is not super cool. So basically here, what we're saying here is that Verizon may give you somewhat better connectivity when it means making a phone call, which can be the critical thing. That could be, you know, that can be the whole thing, the whole ball of wax. If you can't get phone calls, then it's hardly worth having the product unless it's just as a small internet access device. Yeah. But at the same time, there are downsides. And why is it then, and that's a good question, why is it then that we don't hear so much about the downsides? We hear about how great Verizon Wireless is. We don't hear about, gee, yeah, it may be greater in this particular sense, but there are a lot of difficulties, a lot of downsides. Why don't we hear this? Okay, so in different markets, it's different. So in some cities, Verizon is awesome. Some cities, AT&T is awesome, and vice versa. You know, sometimes they are bad. And in, in, in San Francisco, everybody's, I mean, well, they're both bad in San Francisco. I think, actually, I think Sprint and T-Mobile are, I've heard less complaints from other people. But I've noticed this, and another, another friend of mine who also, she also switched to, to Verizon, everybody you know, all, before we switched, all our friends were like, oh, yeah, I have no problem on Verizon. And then you switch over and you're like, wait a minute, this is awful. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's not, you know, it's kind of like, it's not like using a Mac and then saying, oh, I'm just, I'm so irritated. I want to get a cheap PC. And everyone's like, yeah, I have a cheap PC. It's great. You switch and you're like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> you know, this is Windows. It's, you know, it's terrible. This is so frustrating to work with. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, it's the same thing with Android. It's just people with really low expectations. Well, it's also, is it then tolerating the level of imperfections, you know. Exactly. If the imperfections reach a certain point, you say, I can't take it. But if you're getting mediocre service, you say, well, okay, that's good enough. I'm not expecting miracles from cell phones. Well, a lot of it is, too, is what you expect. You know, is, you know, people who use Macs have really high expectations. You go to the Apple retail stores, and the way people talk about things, and the way people express their comments in, you know, online in discussion forums about Apple stuff, they sound like BMW owners. They just have really high expectations. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe my laptop after five years. I can tell where my hands have been because, you know, my oils on my hand have been staining the case or something. Why doesn't Apple fix this? <laughs> you know, they're kind of unreasonable. Whereas PC owners are, all they care about is price. And the same thing with Android. I mean, all they care about is not having Apple. And so they will put up with the most ridiculous stuff that is unbelievable, and so they don't talk about, oh, there's problems with the app store. You, you just can't download an app because everything is garbage and everything is just recycled junk. And it's just stolen apps with malware wrapped around them. And it's a whole bunch of wallpapers. And, you know, that's because people who have high expectations don't buy Android phones. People who buy Android phones are nerds that like to mess with junk. And so you don't hear those kind of problems. Every problem that, that has ever been even sort of a problem with the iPhone is just decimated in the, in the media just in under a microscope. And so it gives so you the So why impression. do we give a pass to Android? Android users give a pass to Android. That's why when I write stuff, it's so devastating because I, you know, I've, I've used it and it's like, this is, there, there's actually some problems here. Look at this is some of the problems with Android. And Android users are like, oh no, don't say any of that. All that's going to get fixed in the future. It's very much like Windows users, you know. But I have a friend, the friend who, who also switched to Verizon also got an Android phone because it was before the, the phone that was available, the iPhone. She was shocked. I mean, it's kind of like, how do people use this thing? <laughs> you know, it's, it was it was kind of an eye opener, and so I, I got the iPhone actually a couple months after that, and I was thinking, well, at least I'll have the iPhone. And it's like, well, actually, I don't know. I think the iPhone and Verizon also feels slower 
I did the I did the Geekbench scores and the processor. I don't know how if it's actually dynamic, but the processor on the Verizon iPhone four actually runs faster in the test that I ran. I don't know if it's consistently faster, but it ran a little bit faster. But all the scores are a little bit lower, so I don't know what's, what's up with that. It just feels the, slower. The question, of course, with Geekbench is, is that a proper measuring technique? This is a way, ladies and gentlemen, to measure CPU performance on different computing devices. The question being, of course, when you run it on something like a smartphone, is that an accurate kind of measurement? Well, it's, it's artificial benchmark, so it's giving it tasks, and you're saying, well, it can finish this task in this length of time. So, you know, I'm comparing an AT&T phone with a Verizon phone. It should give a pretty good indication of overall performance, and it's just reporting the clock speed that it's running at. We'll get into more of this, Daniel, in a moment. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver. UtopiaSilver.com or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. UtopiaSilver.com. Taking back America's health care one American at a time. Never buy home canning jar lids again. No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard 
standard mason jars are indefinitely reusable and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793. 877-747-2793. Call 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com for Tadler Reusable Canning Lids, the original since 1976. If you own a septic system or if you're facing costly septic system replacement, this message is for you. When you want to stop paying for pump-outs and avoid backups, when you've had enough of the foul odors and costly repairs, use BioSafe One Septic Solution. Now there's an easy-to-use, 100% guaranteed answer to all your septic system problems. BioSafe One Septic Solution. BioSafe One is patented and made specifically for all septic systems and made by the same team of scientists who help clean up the Exxon Valdez oil spill. BioSafe One decontaminates and removes sludge, stops costly pump-outs and repairs, and removes septic system stench, all with a 100% success rate. See what gives BioSafe One Septic Solution the advantage over any other septic product at BioSafeOne.com. That's B-I-O-S-A-F-E-O-N-E.com. BioSafeOne.com. Or call toll-free 1-866-424-6663. That's 1-866-424-6663. BioSafe One, the guaranteed, bio-friendly, money-saving way to clean your septic system. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We have more time to spend with Daniel Aaron Dilger from Roughly Drafted Magazine at RoughlyDrafted.com. And we're talking about the reality and expectations of the Verizon versus AT&T iPhone, the reality versus expectations with Android tablets. Now, as far as the AT&T T-Mobile merger is concerned, they say it's going to take about a year. I expect, Daniel, that when this is all said and done, the deal will be approved. There will be token concessions for AT&T, such as divesting itself of some spectrum or something or making some kind of commitment to keep their prices from rising for a given period of time, some way to respect the wishes of the FCC and the regulators, it goes through in a year. So if a T-Mobile customer is expecting to get an iPhone, it's going to be the iPhone 6, right? That sounds reasonable. I mean, that that's what I'm kind of thinking, yeah. Maybe an iPhone 5, I don't know. Oh, no, 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah, the 5 is just about to come out. Right, 5 is about to come out. So we're speaking, the earliest this could be approved is possibly March or April of next year. Allow a couple of months for early integration. I hope they're making plans. I hope for anyone's sake that in this year period, the engineers will be doing things so they can hit the ground running when they get the green light. It's not going to suddenly take another six months or a year for something to happen. Well, it sounds like during this period of time when they're going through you know, the projected regulatory stuff, they're also going to be actually actively sharing their networks. So things are supposed to quite immediately improve for both carriers. And AT&T is saying if they don't go through, they they have this deal in place that says they're going to give like $3 billion to, to T-Mobile and divest certain things to them, whether or not. So that, it's not like, it doesn't sound like a booby prize. It sounds like concessions for all the work that they're going to do within that period of time. And then if it doesn't fall through, then the whole mile was something. So, I mean, it's it's kind of good all the way around, even if it doesn't work out. But I kind of hope it does, because 
America really needs faster network. I mean, we've been kind of the joke of the world, this backwater, you know, horrible mobile service. And we've been in, in the entire like digital mobile era, we've been kind of hamstrung with having two different networks. So having, having suddenly a, you know, at least mostly modern network capacity so you can actually use your phone quickly would be amazing. <laughs> the other question here, of course, is that will LTE be the great integrator? Because both Verizon Wireless and AT&T, with or without the T-Mobile combination, are moving there. Therefore, you will have compatible networks in a few years. Yeah, as long as the phone sets support all of the different frequencies, that would be great. I think the best concession the FCC could demand was just to make sure that companies in the future will allow roaming across the different networks. So AT&T and Verizon can both have half network and it'll work for consumers. I think that's in the best interest of the carriers too. I mean, that's what, that used to be what we used to do. You remember when we had old phones, the old AMP phones? Um, you could tell if you were roaming or not. You were on carrier A or carrier B. You know, every, every location had kind of two carriers. And if yours wasn't good enough, you just hopped on the other one and it just worked. Of course, you might have paid through the nose until they had national plans. I remember those days. They were very expensive. Yeah, I don't remember so well, but th- there's... It used I'm to as be old that, as the hills. That's why I remember this. Well, it used to be that T-Mobile and AT&T had a sharing agreement because they, had, they did a lot of GSM sharing, and they eventually dissolved some cooperation thing that they had, but... For a while, they were sharing because eighteen, or I think it was T-Mobile was just too small, and AT&T didn't have service in enough areas. So, I mean, they have in the past. So it's not it's not like they don't know how to. Now, in addition to that, we have these regional carriers like Cricket Wireless and those people. Are they sharing spectrum from the larger players, or do they have their own cell towers? Some of them. Uh, I thought that. Cricket and like Metro PCS, I thought they're primarily just reselling other carriers' okay. service. But apparently, I know that both of them are also using the AWS band, which is what T-Mobile uses for 3G. So I don't know if they're if that's because they're sharing, if, they, if they're reselling T-Mobile service, or if it's because they have their own stuff. I'm not sure about that. Well, the question is here. Will, in the wake of this merger, will these lesser carriers decide maybe they should partner and become national carriers to create another force? I'd say a, a fourth major carrier because then we still have Sprint. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're, they seem to be doing well what they're doing. I mean, <laughs> if you get a, a Metro PCS phone, um, <laughs> are you familiar with this? It's like what all the drug dealers use. So get a, <laughs> if you get a new Metro PCS phone, you automatically have all these people calling you asking for drugs. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you see, I am just out of the loop here. I'm too old for maybe, this. Maybe you have to be in the city, but yeah, it's like the total ghetto phone system because you, you pay like you just walk in and you get a phone. You automatically have people being like, what's up? I want some drugs. <laughs> right, but something like Cricket is designed to be more of a traditional wireless carrier, except that it's local. So, of course, you buy a package, a flat rate, you get national calling in the sense of long-distance calls, but you're still restricted to a local area. Yeah, I'm not really familiar. I haven't really used much of them. I just heard other people talk about them. But, yeah, I mean, Sprint could do the same thing, or not really the same thing, but Sprint could certainly, you're talking about, T-Mobile customers getting the iPhone within a year or two. Um, Sprint seems like it could get the iPhone within a year if it wanted it. Seems like it wouldn't be too difficult. I don't. I don't know. When Apple talked about Verizon getting the the iPhone, they very specifically said non 
non-exclusive. And of course, duh, you know, AT&T had the phone. But, but don't you think already that Dan Hesse picked up the phone the day this was announced and placed a call to Steve Jobs and said, look, let's cut a deal fast. Well, you'd think it would be in his interest to do that. I mean, the, the downside is that, uh, like Verizon, Sprint and um, Sprint and Verizon both, their 3G network is old and slow. And that's why they're promoting this new network, LTE network, or, or WiMAX in the case of Sprint. That's what they're promoting. So if they get the iPhone, it's going to be on their old network. Apple is not going to make immediately an LTE phone for Verizon just so it can have something to sell later this year. I don't think. I don't, they may make it next year or 2000, 2013. Well, 2012, 2012 we have to assume in 2012 maybe. the world does not end, of course. Yeah, I'm not really. That's not on my calendar. <laughs> not on mine either, but we have another radio show where we talk about that, the Paracast at Paracast.com. End of plug. So well, seriousness well, yeah. aside, though, obviously Sprint's going to have to decide what they're going to do with their 4G network since this WiMAX thing has come to naught. It's like they've made all these bad decisions, and now they're coming home to roost. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of uh, saying bad decisions is kind of they, they made decisions that didn't necessarily work out. I don't know if they were bad. Um, obviously, Apple is not going to make a WiMAX iPhone because there's just not that many markets for it. It's kind of a, it's a very much a niche product. But, you know, there's a lot of Android makers that'll make, there's, there's a few that'll make a WiMAX product. I guess it's HTC that already makes it. Okay. The other and thing I, is here is I'm seeing now that Clear Company is trying to sell their wireless services as a traditional broadband network, only wireless in some cities. They were supposed to have been doing a test this year in Phoenix for that. So it wouldn't be for wireless phones, but just people who want Internet access with a different way of setting it up. Yes, and interestingly, I was reading about the, the AWS band that T-Mobile is using. Before T-Mobile got that, before they, they got those weird bands, um, I think it's called Band UMTS four. Uh, before they got that to be able to build out a three G network in the U.S., that was allocated to wireless cable. So that was something that they thought that was going to happen that, that they were going to have wireless cable. And, and you know, remember realized. Sprint was in that game. Sprint had something called Sprint Broadband Direct, a wireless system, and it was okay if you got it when the system wasn't saturated but couldn't scale up. So I tried it. This is before we got regular cable internet in my neighborhood. So I tried it for a year or so. And the problem was, as more and more people used it, the download speeds were pretty good. The upload speeds became pathetic, less than a dial-up modem. You know, remember how slow that was, folks. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine at roughlydrafted.com. And you could reach us, news at technighthowl.com. That's news at technighthowl.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Ray Perkins a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. 
Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. It's the winter cold and flu supplement sale at HerbalHealer.com. Take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on the best cold and flu supplements available. Many of you know elderberry is exceptional against viral infections. Right now, Herbal Healer Academy has elderberry power. Regularly priced at $16.95, now incredibly low at only $10 for 60 vegetarian caps. For children and seniors, our Herbal Healer Academy Flew Away Elderberry Liquid is only $13 for a 4-ounce bottle. Also on super sale, olive leaf capsules, oregano oil plus capsules, and our incredible respirate formula, oregacillin physician strength capsules for your lungs. Normally $34.95, now just $25. Hit the winter specials link at herbalheater.com for these cold and flu supplement specials and other on-sale products like apple cider vinegar, brain power, and neuro recovery. New customers get a free catalog with your first order. Log on and hit the winter specials now at herbalhealer.com. If you suffer from poor sleep, you need MyPillow. Guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, MyPillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders, and neck. MyPillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. MyPillow will never go flat and relieve snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia, and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant, and best of all, machine washable and and dryable. My pillow is made in the USA, has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau, comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an industry-leading 10-year warranty. Order today at mypillow.com or call 952-442-6199. That's 952-442-6199. Mention coupon code GCN and receive 20% off your order. What do you have to lose except poor sleep? mypillow.com, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own, guaranteed. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps Helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You are listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We have one more segment to spend with Daniel Arundel of Roughly Drafted Magazine, the roughlydrafted.com. 
I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live, and the question on the table here, we familiar at all with the Sprint effort at wireless broadband? Is that the same frequency that we're talking about here? I, I don't know what Sprint was doing, but, but yeah, I mean, it just seems like... Doesn't know what they were doing. That's the problem. Well, it just seems like phones are so limited that how can you imagine delivering video reliably or even internet service Well, this in was wireless. This was a wireless system where yeah. you place an antenna on your roof, kind of a diamond-shaped antenna, small one, and there was a series of towers in the area, 5, 10, 20 miles away. It would pick up the signal from them. There I was a little bit of latency because of the delay of sending the information back and forth, but it worked for a while pretty well. I remember 10 years ago, I was... Um, looking into different types of, you know, like T1 level internet service for companies. And there was a company offering. Explain what T1 level is. People are looking and their well, eyes are rolling. Well, uh, um, it, it, kind of commercial service. I mean, it, today it doesn't seem fast, but it was 1.5 megabit. So at a time when people were getting, you know, DSL was barely just starting. If you want a dedicated T1 line, which means certain level of bandwidth, usually from your phone company, you you pay a thousand dollars a month for the phone company to have this direct line to you from their trunk. But there's another company that offered similar type of service from um, from the hills of San Mateo or something. I think they just had a big. I would imagine it was microwave, but you put a transmitter on your roof, and that's how you get it. I don't know if that's still in play. That was a long time ago. I'm getting See the old Sprint too. antennas. Okay, let's let's go past this. Okay, obviously Sprint's going to have problems. They will have to deal with. We'll have to see how time takes that. Let's move to some other subjects here before we let you go. Okay, the Motorola Zoom for the last few weeks was considered the best of the current crop of iPad competitors. There's now a story that Motorola is cutting back production and they will introduce a new model in June. Boy, they're Russian. That's the same thing that uh, Galaxy Tab did. <laughs> you know, they came out. It's kind of comical how there's so much support for these things until they realize that it's just no way, and then they just jump on the next one, shamelessly. <laughs> it's not like, oh, oops, we didn't really call this right. It was just like, oh, next one. It's kind of like what Microsoft did with all their search things, Windows Live Search, and then it's Bing. And we assume Bing is doing okay, so there won't be a bung to follow it up. But that's Microsoft's game, which is something doesn't work, you refashion it a little bit, you change the name, you change the branding, and you introduce it as something altogether new. So I guess this is what happens with Samsung and with Motorola. And now there's a story that Motorola is also looking into jump-starting another operating system. They're using people from a lot of companies, including a former Adobe Flash developer, a former Apple system software developer. They're bringing them on board to build a new operating system, so they're not hedging their bets here. They're not assuming that Android's going to be it. They're trying to have other options just in case. Yeah, it's interesting that Motorola was kind of the only company to really standardize on, on Android. And before that, they were... They're involved in a lot of things, you know, Windows Mobile and everything. But they were also part of this Limo Foundation, the Linux Mobile, which is a group of different people who are making kind of standardizing Linux for mobile devices. And when Android came along, I mean, Android is basically Linux, but it it's kind of focuses on instead of being kind of a standard Linux dis- distribution, it's kind of like Linux is in the background just to make a cheap kernel. But on top of that, it's it's more like a Java type environment. 
and it's a modified Java, like the BlackBerry or, or like the Danger that came out before it. So um, Motorola, unlike everybody else, Motorola was like, okay, we're in such a mess, we're just going to focus only on Android. And they did that right when Verizon came out with the Droid branding, and they launched Android 2.0 with their stuff with Google. And for the last, for 2010, that worked out really well because they had kind of a a prime place with Verizon. They've now lost that. And Google is bouncing around with everybody else. I mean, they're, they were supporting HTC, and then, you know, now they're kind of focusing on Samsung, which is making kind of the nicer, nicest Android devices. Um, this is a, um, Google is really promoting the, the Zoom just because it was the first honeycomb device. But as soon as the Galaxy Tab came out, they're, you know, they're just like ready to support that too. So Motorola is kind of realizing we're supporting Android, but we're just kind of like, we're like a Windows licensee making PCs and Microsoft's taking all the money and we're just like working hard to produce the best PCs. But as soon as somebody else comes up and makes a little bit cheaper PC, Microsoft's going to be right there with them. And so they're realizing it's like it's not really in our best interest to <laughs> to be making a, a common platform device where we're not differentiated and uh, there's not there's just a lot of competition. But also the problem would be how many different operating systems and ecosystems can you produce? I mean, it's one thing we have Android, we have the iOS, we have Windows Phone Seven. There's three, and there's a bunch of lesser systems going on there. And what happens here is you cause confusion on the part of the customers. And we know there's a Mac and there's Windows, and that's it except for the dedicated number of Linux users with many different graphical interfaces. In the mobile phone arena for smartphones, if you have so many interfaces and operating systems, all that fragmentation becomes even worse. You confuse the customers. They don't know what they're getting, and so they buy less product. Well, it's certainly going to be worse if each one is a totally different Thing. So if you have iOS, you have Android, there's not a lot of room for everybody else. You know, you already have Windows Phone 7. Those are like very different platforms. So everybody else, I mean, a lot of the other competitors are saying, okay, there's no way we're going to like create our own, you know, Amiga or something and have it take off. What we have to do is make it web-based. That's what Palm did. That's what, when HP bought Palm, they were like, yeah, this is a good idea. We need to focus on the web so that when people build apps for our stuff, it's really just a web app with some customization for working directly with the hardware. So it's kind of like an improved web app. So there's a lot of people already know how to build web stuff. It's fairly easy to build tools for it. It's not starting from scratch. It's like, here's the web enhanced. And that's the same thing that Google's doing with Chrome OS. So you have HP and, you know, HP Palm, you have Google competing with Android. Now you have Motorola doing the same thing. The thing that they bought, I, I believe they bought it. It's a, it's another Limo Foundation member that they either hired the guy from it or they bought the whole thing. But they're coming up with a similar thing. It's it's a Linux foundation with kind of a web deal on top. It's very similar to WebOS, it seems like. So that's what everyone else is going to be trying to do. They're going to be saying, okay, we're not going to come up with a whole stack. We're just going to come up with a web-based operating system. And so you already have three of those. Then you have some other, you know, like um, Bada from Samsung is kind of its own thing. I don't, I don't know a lot about it, but it, it seems more like a kind of a native API. And it launched okay. I don't know how, how much attention it's getting from other stuff. And then you have all these Chinese cloners who are taking Android and making forks of it. Some of that is kind of web-based. Some of that is kind of sort of like Android and being sort of a Java-type thing. So, you know, at one point it's like there's not going to be – I don't think anyone else is going to be creating an ecosystem like Apple. 
but most of them don't care about that. They just want to have, I mean, a lot of customers don't necessarily want to have all kinds of apps because they've been using these junk phones that didn't have them anyway. But, you know, if you at least have the basics, you can say, okay, so we have Facebook and Twitter and whatever else. That's what they can advertise. They have email. They have the browser. Fine. That's what a lot of people want. They're not going to go into all this stuff about buying apps. They just want to make phone calls and send email and that basic stuff. And same thing with RIM. I mean, they have the, the original platform was Java. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like dialed in for, for BlackBerry. But they didn't have a huge ecosystem. They still don't. And what they're doing in the future is coming up with this playbook QNX-based thing. And it seems to have, like, 100 different APIs. It's kind of trying to be Flash, Flex. It's trying to be, um, I think they're working on their own kind of native C thing. And they're also working on this web thing. So they, they got their finger in every bucket. Now, with Research in Motion, I understand that their playbook doesn't do email unless you sync it with a BlackBerry. Is that correct? Uh, I, it, yeah, it's kind of designed to work like a folio. If you remember the poem folio, from what I believe. So it's kind of like an expansion of your phone. And uh, the Remember for that Forrest is Gump, ladies and gentlemen? Forrest Gump said stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> well, I mean, part of that, it's not like they're doing it because they're stupid. They're doing it because it's, it's a limitation. I mean, how you can't really write everything... REM bought these companies. I mean, they, they bought the web browser company and they bought the operating system company like last year. And they're trying to integrate into a product and they're scrambling to do it. They're not stupid. They're just like, can't do it. I mean, it's a huge job. I mean, Apple was working on this for years before they even announced it. Everyone they were working like, on oh, the tablet first, by the way. We're just about out of time, Daniel Aaron Dilger. Tell us where we can find more of the things that you write about. I write on RoughlyDrafted.com and AppleInsider.com. And, you know, he reviews... A lot of products, too, like the MacBook Pro family. He did a great review of that, reviews the iPad, too. You know, he's in there, and he's doing everything, so he gets a lot of the news stories done over at Apple Insider, and then at RoughlyDrafted.com, you have all these cutting-edge commentaries. Daniel Aaron Dilger, thank you for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. Yeah, thanks for having me, Gene. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton. We fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Joining us on the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg is Sasha Siegen. Sasha is the lead analyst for mobile for PC Mag. You know, he works with our friend Lance Ulanoff. And he was telling me a story before we started how he got into writing about cell phones. You know, you join a technology magazine and then they set you up as the cell phone guy. How did that transpire? 
Well, about seven, eight years ago, I was a freelancer. I was writing about all kinds of technology, and PC Magazine decided to hire their first-ever cell phone person. Now, of course, at the time, it was PC Magazine. It was very much about computers, and they came in there, and they said, we feel like cell phones are turning into the PCs of the next generation. I said, that is so cool. I want to get in on the ground floor. I want to get on top of that. And so for the past seven years, I've been tracking this evolution of cell phones into being computers. It's such an exciting job. When you got started, that there would be such a thing as an iPhone, an Android phone, all the stuff that's happened, that things that were almost as powerful as the PCs of about the time that you started this gig. I didn't expect the exact things that would happen. I mean, back in back in 2000 and uh, back in 2004, Apple was not talking about entering the cell phone market. But did I expect that phones would have PC-like operating systems, that they would run all these programs, and that people would start using their phones as their primary ways of accessing the internet? Yeah, sure. That was the future I was looking for, and that future is happening. So we now have tricorders for everyone if you watch yeah pretty much and they do new things every day now okay so you're attending this event in orlando which is an industry event tell our listeners what it's all about yeah, this is called the CTIA show, and I'm in the middle of this big, pulsing trade show floor right now. Somebody's having a dance party about 50 yards away. I don't know if you can hear it, but this is where the entire U.S. cell phone industry gets together to do business. You got all the guys with the cases. You got all the guys with the accessories, the phone makers, the carriers. They're all walking around and deciding what they're going to buy, what they're going to stock, uh, what next year's phone lineup is going to look like. But Apple Incorporated is never there. Apple never comes to anyone else's show. This is true about CES, the big electronics show. This is true about Mobile World Congress, the global cell phone show. If Apple is not running it, Apple doesn't attend. So Apple, okay. Apple here is the 800-pound gorilla that is there by virtue of its absence. I wouldn't call Apple the 800-pound gorilla. I mean, Apple's an important player in the market, but if you look at any measure of sales, Apple's a big player, but they're nowhere near the biggest player. Apple is important, but they don't dominate. Uh, if you look at smartphone sales, for instance, uh, the Android operating system is number one in the U.S. I don't mean to belittle Apple, but sometimes people give Apple a little more credit than it deserves. Well, of course, but remember the Android system, we're dealing with multiple carriers and multiple handset models from different makers. It's not one company making one product line, but, you know, that's the point of discussion. Let's look at the event that happened this past weekend, the announcement from AT&T and T-Mobile of a merger. Were you expecting anything like this? I was shocked. I was actually bringing my little daughter home from a party. Uh, we get back into my apartment. I look on my Twitter. I'm a big Twitter guy. I'm at Sasha Keegan on Twitter. And uh, I saw that another tech journalist had tweeted, AT&T Mobile Emerging. My first thought, he's playing a prank on me. He's saying something false on purpose to see if I'll repeat it. I was that surprised. I did not believe it. And, uh, yeah, I was just shocked. Okay, having heard the announcement. Now, before this, when we heard of merger possibilities, it was Sprint and T-Mobile, but of course they have incompatible networks. Did anyone take that seriously? Uh, Sprint and T-Mobile have incompatible networks. Sprint also doesn't have very much cash. 
uh, Spring would have problems buying a large thing. It turns out that uh, AT&T has been sitting on a lot of cash. Apparently, they've been building up $39 billion to buy T-Mobile with. Uh, so, yeah, they went ahead and bought it. So evidently they were thinking about this for a long, long time. Okay, so is there anything other than what we've heard in the papers already and online that we should know about AT&T and T-Mobile as consumers? The the one, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that worry me about this merger, and I can go into that in great depth. Uh, one thing do, people have to think do. about... Okay. One thing people have to think about is that AT&T has said they intend to turn off T-Mobile's 3G, 4G network. And they're saying that uh, T-Mobile customers should just go ahead and buy phones. This won't happen anytime soon. Uh, it won't happen anytime within the current phone buying cycle. But I would really love to hear some more assurances from AT&T and T-Mobile that if you buy a phone now, it's still going to work in two years. Isn't that um, the normal overall, cycle, though, two or three years, that they would have to guarantee this? Um, yeah. I mean, right now, actually, the average American turns over their phone every 18 months or less. Phones are hot. People are constantly wanting new phones. All the same, I would love to have a defined period during which I know that T-Mobile network will be solid. Um, that's an assurance I would like from these guys. But uh, as I said in my columns, I'm primarily hoping this merger doesn't go through. I think it's bad for America. Okay, now I would expect, too, that the regulators will insist on something like that. They'll insist on possible price freezes. They'll insist possibly that AT&T divest some of their assets. They're going to insist maybe that the phones be allowed to work for two or three years so people aren't stuck with bricks. A divestment, by the way, is a total red herring here. A lot of people are going to talk about divestment, about AT&T having to sell some things off in exchange for buying T-Mobile. But if that happens, it's not going to help anyone. It's because whatever AT&T would divest would be too small to be viable by itself. And then that divested chunk would just get bought up by Verizon or Sprint, making the big guys bigger again. Divestment would not increase competition here. What would increase competition is if the government mandates that, for instance, AT&T has to offer access to its network to a lot of little guys who would create virtual carriers at reasonable rates. Um, if AT&T, it's, it's, it's like a common carrier mandate. Um, and then we get to the situation where the government is starting to regulate AT&T like Ma Bell. We're back to the Ma Bell days. Well, AT&T, it's like all the Ma Bell companies are slowly coming together. Of course, Verizon is one, AT&T is one. Quest was just recently bought out. How many are left? Is that it? Um, Verizon, AT&T. Um, I can't think of, yeah, I can't think of any, any baby bells still keeping their names. And it's frustrating because I thought it was a done deal, this idea that having only one or two phone companies in the country uh, is bad for innovation and bad for competition and bad for consumers. So I don't understand why the government is letting that happen again. The thing I also wonder about, and with the government it could be lobbyists that are doing it, the thing I wonder about all this is AT&T is justifying this by saying they need to build out their network and it could be done a lot faster by buying T-Mobile. They're saying they're basically getting a five-year head start. 
Now, yeah, maybe that's true, but it's going to take a year or 18 months just to get this thing approved if they get it approved. And so suddenly you've gained three or three and a half years, and that's going to take a while longer to integrate the networks. So how much are they really saving? Absolutely. Integration with these huge mergers takes forever. Uh, if you look at AT&T and Singular, they didn't get things really straight with their networks until two, two and a half years after the merger. So now we're talking about how much of a head start AT&T really get it. Also, if they were really that passionate about building out their network, maybe they should have spent some of the $39 billion building the network rather than waiting to snap up T-Mobile. No, this is entirely about eliminating a competitor. Okay, well, that's one thing, too. I understand that part of that is stock. It's not all cash. But even if it's $29 billion, as you say, it's a lot of cash, and they could have devoted that to building out their network, because AT&T's got problems in a lot of cities. In fact, the guest who was on before you, and we'll mention him after the break, had to switch to Verizon in San Francisco because he could never make a call. Couldn't do it. Sasha Segan, he's the lead analyst for mobile devices over at PCMag.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live, and we'll have a lot more about the AT&T T-Mobile merger and why Sasha doesn't like it. Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as $2.99. And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com. Ever been to a concert and wish your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wish you could share the beautiful view with your family? Ever thought, they've got to see this? Share those amazing experiences with the unique photo collages of the iPhone app, You Gotta See This, by Boink Software. Now available for the iPhone 4, iPod Touch, and the brand new iPad 2 for just $1.99. See great examples at boinks.com slash see this. Dr. David Berry has provided excellent advice for all those interested in practical economics and sound money. It's certainly worth reading. That's what Congressman Ron Paul said about Cha-Ching Wisdom, 123 Practical Universal Truths About Money, the new book by Dr. David Berry. The cool part of this book, certainly it'll speak to you personally, your life, your lifestyle, your, your money, your investments, but it also can be generalized into the nation, what's going on as a nation. We do these same things personally that we do as a nation. Dr. Berry's book, Cha-Ching Wisdom, presents many facets of your relationship with the once almighty dollar and how current national and international politics affect your daily life. Some of the other things are about that. They're not just uh, economic, they're philosophical. There's psychology involved in this book. There's philosophy involved in this book. Read Cha-Ching Wisdom by Dr. David Barry, only $9.95, available at chachingwisdom.com. That's C-H-A-C-H-I-N-G wisdom.com. Chachingwisdom.com. 
As many people know, ever since President Nixon took us off the gold standard, the U.S. dollar has been devaluating. What people don't know, however, is how this directly affects your personal finances. Is there a way to protect your portfolios from losing value? The answer to all of this is gold and silver. They both have maintained their purchasing power for 6,000 years. If you had $100,000 in cash and $100,000 in gold and silver back in 1913 and kept them until now, your cash would have the buying power of only $4,800. But your gold and silver would have the buying power of $3 million. The answer to protecting your assets is simple. Call John Ballman today at 1-800-686-2237, extension 169. Get all your questions answered before your money is worth zero. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 169. Take action today while we still accept paper dollars for gold. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 169. Freedom, the blistering anti-globalist anthem from the rock band Ravelin. Back in Rome's have their tools. Flexibility with the Just one of 11 great songs from the album Under the Sun. Available on iTunes and at Ravelin.com. R-A-V-E-L-Y-N. Ravelin.com. Spring and a new growing season are here. Plan a healthy garden easy and fast with OrganicaSeed.com. Easy because OrganicaSeed.com offers one of the largest online selections of organic, heirloom, non-hybrid, and untreated seeds, as well as tobacco and cotton seeds at low prices. Go to OrganicaSeed.com, spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-C-A-Seed.com. OrganicaSeed.com. Remember, Organica Seed is healthy seed. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night All Live, send it to news at technightall.com. That's news at technightall.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night All community forums at forum.technightall.com Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightall.com Returning with Sasha Segan. He works with PCMag.com, works with our friend Lance Ulanoff, and he's now in Orlando at a mobile carrier vendor's show, and we're looking over the possibilities or lack thereof of the T-Mobile AT&T merger. So to summarize here before we go on, you're saying here that AT&T is saying, yeah, they get this head start in building out their network. That's a load of nonsense. They could have done it anyway. This is just to eliminate that competitor, a very small competitor. But isn't T-Mobile already facing problems because they don't have iPhones? They don't always get the best. They can't keep customers as well as the bigger carriers. They have problems with not enough capacity. Okay, well, first of all, I wouldn't call T-Mobile a very small competitor. T-Mobile has 34 million people. Well, you know, compared uh, to the other three, it's small. 30, 34 million people is the size of many mid-sized countries. So um, it's the smallest of the big four, but there are other 
smaller cell phone companies out there. But that aside, yes, T-Mobile has been struggling. And T-Mobile does have an issue with their saying they don't have enough radio spectrum to build uh, 4G LTE, which is the next generation network that Verizon is putting up and that AT&T is putting up. But you have to balance that against, once more, the negative competitive effects of this intense consolidation of just having a couple of phone companies. And there, there are various ways T-Mobile could have finessed this spectrum problem. And they were talking just a couple of months ago about doing it. Well, all of a sudden now they're turning around and saying, well, all the things we were talking about a few months ago, that doesn't matter because what we really want to do is merge with AT&T. It's a little disingenuous. Well, that's a good question, too. What were they talking about? What was their solution to dealing with the problems, filling out their network and everything? They, they had a bunch of things they were kicking around. They could partner with... Uh, a new LTE wholesale company called Light Squared. They could partner with Clearwire, which uh, provides Sprint Network and happens to have a lot of spectrum that they're not particularly using. Uh, they could acquire some some of the really small wireless companies that are kicking around. They could uh, buy some spectrum. They could talk to the government about the next spectrum option. It's not like all the avenues were totally closed off to them. Yes, and it's absolutely true that AT&T's network plus T-Mobile's equals a great network. Together, they are going to be able to supply great coverage, but at what price? Okay, so Deutsche Telekom, they're just taking the money and running? Um, Deutsche Telekom gets a seat on the AT&T board and something like 8% ownership in AT&T. And AT&T, of course, is a successful, profitable, relatively happy wireless company. So, you know, Deutsche Telekom gets an ongoing investment in something that they don't have to uh, nurture and focus on and can step back a little. Uh, but it also means Deutsche Telekom is kind of reduced to being mostly a European company. Uh, many of their European competitors, like Vodafone, are thinking more globally. Well, that's a question I have in general about the wireless industry. And I think about it where, for example, we have worldwide phone service with lots of carriers. We have Skype. You make calls around the world. But you try to do that on a mobile phone, there's roaming charges, there's this, that, and the other thing. So, for example, if I take my AT&T iPhone from my home in Arizona to Spain to visit my son, if I want to use that phone, I go broke. There's no roaming plan that's affordable for anyone calling for more than a couple of minutes. You're, you're absolutely right. So that's I mean, a real not, problem that cries for a solution. It is a real problem, um, and consumers would say it cries for a solution, and mobile operators would say we make a heck of a lot of money on roaming. Go us. But they don't care, except you have situations here where more and more people are going to use the alternative services. Like, for example, I use an Internet phone service called Phone Power. It's kind of like Vonage, you know, where you have this little adapter goes to your broadband modem or router and you place phone calls for like a third of the price of anyone else. But they offer an app for the iPhone. So if you're on a Wi-Fi network or even on a wireless network, I want to call my son in Spain, not in Spain, but from Arizona. I don't have to spend AT&T's fees. I call through Phone Power and pay a penny a minute. Yeah, but frankly, and this is something I agree with, the carriers do not feel that Wi-Fi is a major threatening competitor to their networks. Yeah, but even if I call from the AT&T network and I'm using up some of my bucket of minutes, I just pay that penny extra to make that call because it can saddle back on the AT&T 3G network. Oh, yeah, and now that 
is a threat. And that is something that, I mean, if you look at Skype, you know, if you look at Skype, for instance, the carriers have, you know, the carriers have been making convoluted business deals where some of them are blocking Skype, some of them have exclusives with Skype. It's, it's, it's very much like, uh, it's a little bit like the attitude of the music industry towards file sharing. They feel that this is a threat and that they can stop it by blocking it or ignoring it. Um, rather than by offering better roaming rates. You kind of think, though, in the long term, the way to compete is in the classic way, which is you offer a better product at a lower price. Don't they know that? Wouldn't they make more money Um, if they made it affordable for everyone than just charging a bundle and getting few customers? There's a there's a um, there's a certain challenge in there because the problem is it takes two to tango and both sides have to agree. So, like, let's say you are roaming from AT and T to um, I don't know Indonesia, and uh, the operator in Indonesia is owned by the government, and the operator in Indonesia sees foreign tourists as a huge revenue source. Well, it's the operator in Indonesia who's saying, you know what, AT&T, we're going to charge all your uh, Roman customers five bucks a minute. And AT&T says, and we'll put 10% off of that. So it's not just about our operators. It's about all of these operators around the world who all have their own interests and all are trying to get the piece, their piece of the pie. It's collective greed. It is collective greed, and collective greed can be a lot harder to stop than individual greed. Okay, let's get back to AT&T and T-Mobile. So as far as you're concerned, all the excuses they give, it's all red herring. It's not the real reason they want to get rid of a competitor, AT&T. We understand corporations want to grow larger and more profitable. But in the real world, you know, these companies have lobbyists in Washington – they pay the right politicians and regulators. Can you really stop them? I don't know. I mean, if you look back in time, you know, AT&T was originally broken up. There was a time when the government did look skeptically on uh, these gigantic companies controlling most of the market. If you look way back, you know, the government broke up the trust. The government broke up, uh, you know, the railroad robber barons, Standard Oil. So the situation we have now is not the state of nature. It's not the way things always have been or the way things always will be. But you're right that in the short term, the government has smiled on large mergers, and probably the best thing we can hope for is that they'll put some conditions on it that maintains some sort of competition. We're talking to Sasha Segan. He's the lead analyst for mobile for PCMag.com. We're talking about AT&T. T-Mobile. We'll get into more of the cell phone industry in a moment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. This is an urgent message. Urgent if you care about feeding your family. S510 has passed through Congress and will make the sale of heirloom seeds difficult. Prices of non-GMO seeds are skyrocketing and may be hard to afford in the future, if you can even find them. As the economy continues to decline, this will make the heirloom seeds worth their weight in gold and one of the best barter tools available. When food supplies eventually run out, your solution is to grow your own food and barter tool. Now, for a short time, GetSeeds.net offers 100 packets of heirloom non-GMO vegetable seeds for only $59. Pay with two ounces of pure silver or just $59. The best price on the net for high-quality seeds. Our GetSeeds.net seeds are open-pollinated vegetable seeds sealed in a Mylar bag for long-term storage. Bulk pricing available. So get seeds while you still can at GetSeeds.net or call toll-free 877-341-4769. That's 877-341-4769. Reality check. There are many so-called health products coming out that are here today but will be gone tomorrow. They're fads. They're hype and a lot of gimmick. Life Change Tea is no fad. We've been around for years and we've been slowly growing. And our products have attracted loyal customers. Why? Because our products work. Cleansing your body. Losing weight more energy, and better overall health. And you might ask, says who? Our customers say. A company shows its colors with how many people reorder the product. So don't be afraid. We're the real deal. Log on to GetTheTea.com and read all the testimonies. In fact, log on and order at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Or call us at 928-308-0408. There's no call centers, just a friendly operator. 928-308-0408. 308-0408. Once again, 928-308-0408. You really can lose weight while you're sleeping. Guaranteed. AffinityDiet.com introduces Lose and Snooze and the One Day Diet. Great tasting Lose and Snooze from AffinityDiet.com is the first step in our guaranteed weight loss system. Lose and Snooze will help your body get a deep restorative sleep without the harmful side effects of pharmaceutical drugs. And during deep natural sleep, your body starts to shed unwanted pounds, build lean muscle, and lose inches. Add AffinityDiet.com's One Day Diet waivers and your metabolism keeps going with all the vitamins and minerals you need with no rebound effect. But don't worry, you're never more than 24 hours from your favorite foods. Learn more about Lose and Snooze and the One Day Diet at AffinityDiet.com, spelled A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y Diet.com, or call toll-free 855-663-3438. That's 855-663-3438. Finally, a diet that succeeds where others have failed from AffinityDiet.com. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night All Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We have Sasha Segan from PCMag.com, and we're focusing on 
the mobile phone industry because we all care about our mobile phones. We can't live without them. We can't just put them away in our pocket, in the drawers, and walk away. I mean, years ago, I didn't think that I had to spend every waking minute of my life with my telephone at hand. And I know Sasha, who has a whole bunch of phones or a load of phones there, the same holds for you, too. No, absolutely, absolutely the same goes for me. But you know what? As a phone guy, I try to make space away from my phone. I try to put the phone in my office when I'm playing with my kids sometimes and put the phone in my bedroom when I'm watching a movie with my wife. I guess being so close to the mobile phone industry and using them all day at work, I understand as people, we need some space away from this constant electronic communication so we can reconnect with reality. Okay, let's look at the reality. As I'm saying, despite objections, I expect that the AT&T and T-Mobile merger will come. I don't think there's any way to really stop it. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think the best we can hope for is that some conditions or regulation be put on the situation to ensure that there's at least still some competition. And they'll take that year or 18 months or whatever to make it appear as if they're really investigating this thing when everything is written in stone already. But let's look at the situation with Sprint. So you're the CEO of Sprint. You do those great folksy commercials on TV. And now you see this happening. And you're having problems already. You know, you had the merger with Nextel, which wasn't the greatest thing on the planet. You obviously are not getting all the business you like. You don't have an iPhone. You're not getting the latest and greatest. What do you do? You can't just complain and expect that's going to help. It is tough being the middle guy. It is tough being smaller than two gigantic behemoths and then being squeezed from below by... Uh, some really little hungry prepaid carriers. Uh, Sprint's in a tough place. I mean, their obvious strategy is they have to try to be the value player. They have to try to offer more for your money and yet with more quality and nationwide coverage than uh, the little guys and more for your money than the big guys. But Sprint has some big 4G problems themselves. Um, for 4G, they are dependent on a company called Clearwire, rather than building the network themselves. And Clearwire is a notorious organizational disaster. I think, I think some of Sprint's problems definitely come down to uh, this Clearwire situation. Now, Clearwire had something called WiMAX. And I understand that Clearwire has had executives go. I read a story last year in the Arizona newspaper, the Arizona Republic, that Clearwire was going to do a test of wireless broadband in the Phoenix area, offering incredibly fast speed and it wouldn't just be for mobile phones. It'd be anyone who sets up a receiver would be able to access it. Whatever happened to that? Have you heard about it? Um, yeah, they've been testing. Uh, they've been testing LTE, and they've been testing various kinds of those technologies. And they haven't made a decision. But part of Clearwire's problem is that it seems every six months to a year they spin around and start doing something different. At first, they were an independent company partnering with Sprint. Then they were essentially mostly owned by Sprint. They change executives. They change technologies. They investigate new technologies. They spin this way. They spin that way. It's really hard to keep momentum going when you don't really have focus. Okay, so that turns us back to Sprint. So now if you are in the CEO's chair of Sprint, and probably it's not a place anyone wants to be, a thankless task, you're being squeezed out of the market. What do you do? Do you buy up some of the really small regional carriers and try to build a new colossus? 
Um, I think uh, at this point, if you're Sprint, yes, you do try to get bigger. You might try to buy uh, some of those small prepaid carriers like uh, Cricket and Metro PCS. So they, they might have their own plans together. I think you need, you need to position yourself, as I said, in, as the value player in broadband. You know, they need to send troops into Clearwire to say, listen, you got to get things straight. This is what we're doing. This is our plan. And then start offering uh, broadband plans to everybody at 20 bucks less than AT&T and Verizon are charging. And then they have a real place in the market. But it's still, once again, so much about focus and follow through. You know, when you look at this monopoly situation, I think of getting broadband internet in even a fairly large city like the Phoenix area. I have Cox Communications, cable. I have a traditional baby bell carrier, Quest, but Quest doesn't even wire in the apartment complex in which I live, so I can't get Quest. So I'm stuck. i got to take Cox or nothing. So we have a situation here where it's not only possibly going to be bad in the cell phone industry where you'll have two major players to choose from and loads of lesser players. When it comes to broadband internet, some people have one choice and that's it. We have the least competitive broadband internet market in the developed world and many studies have shown that has led to the U.S. having higher prices at lower average internet speeds than many other comparable countries where there's more competition. Uh, a couple of months ago, there was an editorial in The Economist magazine, a very smart magazine, uh, about uh, the net neutrality debate here in the U.S. And net neutrality, for people who don't know, is basically saying that uh, your net provider isn't allowed to slow down or block or charge extra for particular websites or services. And The Economist asked, why is this only a debate in the United States? Well, in other countries, there's so much competition that if one provider started to do that, everybody would just switch to a different provider. It's only in the U.S. where we have this near monopoly situation that people don't have options and competition isn't happening. Well, the other problem is here the cost of building out a network like the Fios system from Verizon. All fiber, everywhere, to the home, everything. Fabulous offering, but they're only rolling it out in a small number of cities. It's not as if they can build in Phoenix or many other cities where there is no competition. It would cost them tens and tens of billions of dollars with no guarantee that it would even take off at the end of five years or ten years. No, you're right. You're right. It's frustrating. And part of, you know, in some especially European countries, the way competition has been ensured is by forcing uh, the big providers, like the cable providers, to share their lines with smaller competitors. Uh, and the guys who spend money to build out the wires don't like that. It reduces their profits. Now, they're still making profits. And consumers like it. But once again, it's balancing the interests of the big corporations and consumers who want competition. If you go all over in one direction, well, then you have, you know, Ma Bella able to charge whatever she wants. If you go in the other direction, you have the Soviet state. So we have to find our middle point that makes us comfortable and still ensures competition. It doesn't seem as if it's going to happen. I thought when I heard about this clear test that this would be a good alternative for everyone, some kind of wireless Internet that could offer, you know, really high speeds, LTE-based speeds, comparable with cable, and suddenly we'd have an alternative. You wouldn't worry about the wires. It would be wireless, but can that happen? Is, isn't that the only way it can happen? It has to be wireless. It's really far along too late 
to do some kind of wired system anymore? I think it's, it's cheaper to build out a city in wireless than it is wired. And there's some new technologies coming out right now for wireless that offer speeds that we expect from wired. Um, LTE, which is what Verizon is building and AT&T is building, and then LTE Advanced. There's another technology called WiMAX 28216M that uh, some companies are looking at. So you would be able to get these fast speeds. And just wireless is a lot cheaper to build than wired, so it would be a lot easier. You just have to get some competent competitors out there building them. Uh, Clearwire's problem is not that the technology doesn't exist. It's that they keep reshuffling their executive board over and over again. They need a vision. They need to hire Steve Jobs, but oh well, he's busy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there aren't that many Steve Jobses to go around. And, and I know you were ragging on Dan Hesse from Sprint a little bit, but I have to say, Dan Hesse and Sprint has done a great job, uh, given the circumstances with a lot of the stuff. Uh, before he came in, Sprint had an awful reputation for customer service. Nowadays, much better customer service. So you got to give the guy some props for that. So maybe he will figure or devise a way for this thing to work. We'll have to see how it goes. We have Sasha Seekin from PCMag.com. He's a lead analyst for mobile. I've got to say this. We want to hear from you. Yes, we do. If you have a question or a comment about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. Once again, that's news at technightowl.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Hey, neighbors, Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac, Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows, and Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver. UtopiaSilver.com or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. UtopiaSilver.com. Taking back America's health care one American at a time. Never buy home canning jar lids again. 
No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars are indefinitely reusable and are proudly made in the usa place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793 877-747-2793 call 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com that's reusablecanninglids.com for tadler reusable canning lids the original since 1976 if you suffer from poor sleep, you need My Pillow, guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, My Pillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders, and neck. My Pillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. My Pillow will never go flat and relieve snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia, and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant, and best of all, machine washable and dryable. MyPillow is made in the USA, has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau, comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, and an industry-leading 10-year warranty. Order today at MyPillow.com or call 952-442-6199. That's 952-442-6199. Mention coupon code GCN and receive 20% off your order. What do you have to lose except poor sleep? MyPillow.com, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own, guaranteed. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We have Sasha Segan from PCMag.com. We're talking about the mobile phone industry, about broadband in general, about monopolies, AT&T and T-Mobile, and lots more. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. And in this final segment, we'll try to sum things up. So the guy from the executive suite in Sprint, he's going to have to really move really fast now because he has this year, 15 months, 18-month period before this merger will inevitably be approved. He's got to now show a differentiation fast, doesn't he? Well, yeah, he he definitely needs a plan. Now, interestingly, one of the knock-on effects of the AT&T and T-Mobile merger may be Sprint subscriber numbers quickly going up because AT&T may decide to kind of slough off T-Mobile's lowest-paying subscribers. AT&T is not so interested in the value play that T-Mobile does. So those low-paying subscribers may go en masse to Sprint. So Sprint's subscriber numbers may seem to go up, but their profitability won't necessarily go up because these are the lowest-paying people. You get more subscribers. Now what do you do about getting more money out of your subscribers? Can they make a deal with, for example, Apple? Do you think Apple would be interested? Because their deals with AT&T and Verizon Wireless are non-exclusive. And building a Sprint version should be a no-brainer, a compatible network with Verizon. Why Apple doesn't deal with Sprint is a great mystery. And Apple does some things because of branding. Apple may just feel that 
uh, I mean, to be completely blunt, and I don't agree with this perspective, by the way, but Apple may feel that Sprint is a loser and they don't want to be associated with a loser. Uh, Apple sometimes acts like the popular kids in school. Okay, so that's one reason, but do you foresee that this whole thing after the shakeout is going to force Sprint to either figure out a way out of this or just fade into insignificance? If Sprint fades into insignificance, then the government has a huge problem. So um, it is going to force Sprint to find a way out of this, and I think there may be powerful forces in the government who may be encouraged to help Sprint find a way out of this. Once the, once the government approves this AT&T T-Mobile merger, then they basically need to keep Sprint alive to keep any semblance of competition alive. So the government's going to be very interested in Sprint not fading away. Would the Fed give them low-cost loans? What would they do? I don't know. I don't know. Would, the, would they get uh, preferential access to wireless spectrum in new auctions? Um, would powerful forces quietly tell smaller companies that they might want to merge with Sprint? Um, will they smooth clear wires path to building towers? There's all sorts of little behind-the-scenes things that could happen. I don't know. Of course, that assumes the government is even competent enough to do anything in an organized fashion. Well, I mean, the government does some things in an organized fashion. The government is not, you know, we don't have the government of, we don't have Hosni Mubarak's government of Egypt here. The American government is basically competent at doing what it wants to do. The question is what it wants to do. Well, we're going to have to see maybe at this point Dan Hesse should get his crew of lobbyists, get into Washington and try to get an appointment with the chairman of the FCC and see if they can figure out a solution. He already got up, he already got up on stage here at uh, CPIA, and he said that uh, he thinks that this merger is a bad idea. And I think he's going to be blocking out some time in front of the FCC to try to convince them that this merger is a bad idea. Or at least get some perks his way to try to figure things out. Let me ask you briefly about a few other things before we let you go, because we only have a few minutes left with the session, which I'm having a lot of fun with, and I hope you are too. And that is new technologies. I read some time ago that they're developing miniature cell towers. So instead of having these big towers and you have to get the local planning board to put up these unsightly things, they'd be more miniaturized, more easily installed on buildings without creating all these problems and make it easier to expand the wireless capacity. What's all about that? Oh, yeah, that's absolutely happening. Cell towers and cell base stations have been getting smaller every couple of years, and there's a bunch of new technologies out there that are reducing the size of towers and base stations. Uh, one, of the most, uh, one of the most exciting things, I think, is uh, the concept of femto cells, and these are really tiny cells that you can stud throughout a building or put in people's houses, and that would just give a little bubble of cellular service uh, to fill in a dead zone. It's but like a microcell. Right. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And, uh, but you're right that uh, the, the smaller cell towers and base stations are coming. But remember, even though the base station is small, you still have to negotiate with the property owner. I understand now if we believe what Steve Jobs said. San Francisco has a particular problem because it takes them three years to get a cell tower constructed because of all the zoning stuff. 
and residential complaints. Of course, the residents will say, I want better cell service. But when you give them the answer, they say, well, not on my house, not in my neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely. And this is happening all over the country. I mean, you see it happening in, you see it happening in San Francisco. You see it happening in wealthy suburbs where, um, those towns, everybody wants to have an iPhone, but nobody wants to be able to, nobody wants to have to see a cell tower or have a cell tower on top of their building. It's, you know, it's, it's a typical NIMBY. Everybody wants to be able to throw away trash, but nobody wants a garbage processing plant. Well, you gotta get one to have the other. I also wonder, is it possible with the technology to build cell towers that have far more range so you don't need as many of them? Um, that is less possible. The range of cell towers is defined by um, the, frequent, the radio frequency, the number of users, and uh, the data speeds you're looking for, there's actually a tendency for the cells to get smaller rather than larger because smaller cells will allow each network to have more users, and we are getting more and more users. It's going down rather than going up, as you say. Yeah, the sizes are going down rather than going up. What is the range of a cell tower, typical cell tower in a large city? Well, it, I mean, it varies. It varies widely. In New York City, uh, a tower will cover maybe a three-block radius. Uh, but out in rural areas, you could have a tower cover five or ten miles. And it even and it depends also on what frequency the tower is on. Um, lower frequencies, like Verizon and AT&T's 850 megahertz, can cover more ground more easily. Okay. Uh, lower frequencies like uh, Verizon and AT&T's 850 megahertz can cover a lot of ground more easily than higher frequencies like Sprint and T-Mobile's 1900 megahertz. Our listeners hear it because we're talking to you on a mobile phone, and the reception's really good sometimes. Sometimes you kind of sound a little uh, like you have your hand in front of your mouth, which I know you're not doing. You know, We know it's part of the limitations of the spectrum, I would hope as they advance the technology, they would find a way to make a mobile phone sound as good as taking two tin cans and a piece of wire and stretching them. But that's not going to happen. The, uh, um, well, no, there have been some recent real advances in voice quality. Just last month, I saw Verizon demonstrate something they call HD Voice that will be on their 4G network. Uh, I think over the next two years, there's going to be a big put forward in voice quality. People are working on this, surprisingly enough. Okay, Sasha Segan, tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you write about. Well, you can find all of my stories at pcmag.com. And also, of course, if you're on Twitter, I'm Sasha Segan, S-A-S-C-H-A-S-E-G-A-N. And uh, I tweet a lot, so come and join me. Thank you very much. I tell our listeners, by the way, you can find more of my stuff at technightowl.com. That's technightowl.com. On Twitter, we are technightowl, technightowl at Twitter. We also have that other wild and woolly radio show called The Paracast about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And Sasha never heard of that, wasn't aware that I moonlight as a crazy person. At Paracast.com, that's Paracast.com. We'd also like you to join our forums. Go to forum.technighthowl.com. Once again, the address is forum.technighthowl.com. Once you get there, you sign up. It's free. And then you can check the messages and participate with messages of your own. We'll have lots more on the Tech Night Owl Live in the weeks to come. All sorts of fascinating subjects afoot. 
We'll talk about technology. We'll talk about malware protection to keep your computing and smartphone experience safe and sound. Sasha Segan, thanks for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me on. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.